Welcome to this week's episode of the Back in Shape podcast. We're going to be talking all about weak glutes and their effect on lower back pain. Hopefully this one's going to be really, really helpful for you. And if you haven't already seen it, I would definitely recommend after this episode, because you'll have a better understanding, check out some of the recent episodes on the squats and the lunges, because they're going to give you that extra step in terms of building those particular muscles with those particular movements or these muscles with those movements. So it should be really complementary of one another. And maybe we'll even put a little link in the description to those particular episodes as well. Now I've got some notes up on the board over there. So you might see me glancing over there from time to time just to make sure we stay on topic and make sure this is as helpful as possible. As always, there is normally a comment section, whether you're watching us on the website or one of the other platforms, do feel free to post any questions that you have there or any comments as we're going through this. And, and that's how we kind of gear and guide these particular episodes going forwards uh, so we know what really helps you guys the most that's the reason we do these so with that out of the way we want to start things off with a real understanding of what do these glutes actually do for our lower back in terms of how they provide stability and then we're going to kind of go from there so the first and most important thing to recognize is kind of the way in which the lower back works in tandem with those glutes we've got the glutes and some of the other musculature in that gluteal region and Generally speaking, as I'm talking through this particular podcast, we're referring primarily to the gluteus maximus, the largest of the glute muscles. Um, but that does include the other muscles in that region, the medius and minimus, the other piriformis, etc. Muscles that are in that area that will work in tandem with the glute max as we're doing particular movements. But the muscles of the gluteal region are really the power generators. They're the things that are generating locomotion, walking, running, getting out of a chair, going upstairs. And they have to work with this section of the lower back here, which provides static strength. And it's helpful to visualize this as a drawbridge. The drawbridge, the bridge part is your lower back. That's the uh, thoracolumbar fascia. That's the lower back muscles, the lumbar erector spinae. That's maybe the lat dorsi blending with that section of the back. That's the core, the transverse abdominus muscles, the oblique muscles, etc., coming round to the front, providing a static, almost immovable object. And then we have the powerful glutes. They're going to generate the movement there. They're going to move that drawbridge up in an explosive manner maybe, or up in a controlled manner, or they're gonna slowly lower it down with control as well. Think of getting into a chair, that what's called eccentric contraction, which basically means contracting but slowly lowering, as opposed to concentric, which means sort of contracting and shortening at that time. So they're the muscles that are generating this movement. And about the hip socket itself, these muscles are going to be the most powerful joints region of your body. They are generating the most force of any other part of the human body. The problem is that with modern life, they are becoming more and more neglected. And we see ourselves getting into more and more traps as we go through life that causes the weakening of these muscles. And hopefully by the end of this podcast, as I mentioned earlier, you'll kind of start to see how that can implicate both our back pain, but our general quality of life as well. Because the stability mechanisms that the glutes provide are not only great for our lower back health, for our hip health, but also for our knee and ankle health as well. So that's really, really important. Now, I wanted to start off with helping you understand maybe why the glutes are weaker than they should be by first understanding how are they under normal circumstances. We think of the neutral position. And if you've seen any of our other podcasts, you'll have seen us talking about the neutral lumbar spine, uh, the position of neutral in which we can move into flexion or we can move into extension. Well, the glutes have a anatomical position, if you will, a standing position. And that allows them to be 
resting in that position. So when they get elongated, for example, as we go down into a squat, there's a certain degree of elasticity there that helps with the movement. If we visualize doing that squat, if we start standing up tall with the glutes in their neutral position, so that is the hip at 180 degrees with the body, for example, and as we slowly lower down into the squat, those glute muscles are stretching out and that's creating kind of this elastic potential, if you will. And then when we go to stand back up, we use a bit of that elastic potential to drive us back up into the standing position. If you've ever tried squats or any other movement where a muscle starts fully elongated, let's say at the biceps when we're carrying something, if we're, if we're holding maybe even a weight with our arm fully extended and then try and initiate force from that elongated position, we don't get to really use that elastic potential in the muscle. Whereas if we take that same weight and we start with the weight up high and then slowly lower it, even with a pause, and then come back up, there's something about that action of going from the neutral or slightly contracted position down to the extended position and then back up again. We kind of benefit from that elasticity which helps us with the movement. And that's when our body is as it should be and that neutral position is the comfortable position of the glutes. However, with modern life, the body will adapt to the stresses and strains and use of it. And just take a moment now to really collate, think about how many hours you realistically spend sat every day. You're sat in the morning when you get up out of bed, you're sat at breakfast, you're sat on the way to work, or you're immediately sat at your desk if you're working from home nowadays. Maybe you're someone that's walking, uh, that's uh, driving for a living. You're sat in the car, you get home, you sit down for dinner, you then have a break, you sit down on that break, and then in the evening you sit down in front of the TV or in front of the computer again or on the phone and carry on. And what slowly happens is that neutral position starts to change the length of those glute muscles starts to go, well, I don't really often get in the standing position that much. So I'm gonna to start to get really comfortable with being in this position here, this flexed position. Now the glutes are it's almost become somewhat permanently elongated. That becomes their neutral position. And that little elasticity mechanism that I kind of mentioned earlier is going to become less and less useful for us because the glutes are happy to be in that sitting position. They're not most happy in their standing position. So as you start to go to get out of chairs, you don't really have that strength because the glutes aren't being used as much on a daily basis because they're not getting the stimulation that they should have on a daily basis. Maybe it's not since we were maybe at school running around a little bit more. And, and because of that lack of stimulation, we start to have what is a muscle that is elongated and it's weaker than it otherwise should be. And this is how these things build up. Just think about it. The moment we go to even primary school or infant school, the first time we're there, we start sitting on these small chairs. We start sitting on them for longer periods of time. Whereas before that, maybe we'd squat down to play on the floor and we'd sit comfortably in a squatting position and then stand back up again. And then we'd sit down again in a squatting position and then stand back up again. But as soon as we start using chairs, we start to develop this new neutral position, which isn't our natural anatomical position. And unless we're doing particular, spending particular time and endeavor in a sporting field that is going to use explosion or explosive movements and generating of power in some of those athletic endeavors, we kind of lose it very, very quickly as we go through our teenage years and then into the workplace, university, whatever it may be, we really just just it just evaporates the strength in those tissues and that is borne out or the the consequences of that is born out as we get older we lose more and more the muscle mass that we have and and you really will find that as your glutes disintegrate so to speak over time through as through as we age we become less and less able to do the things on a daily basis and you start to see this 
correlation, if you will, between the degree of inability to partake in normal activities as we get older into our 60s, 70s, 80s, and so on, the degree to which that glute max starts to disintegrate or go away, and the degree to which we're unable to participate in life. So as a muscle that we want to use as a, as a primary measure of our health, our vitality, our ability to do things on a daily basis, the presence and the strength of that glute max, for example, the glutes themselves, is really going to closely correlate with our ability to do all of these things. And more importantly, to be resilient when we injure ourselves, have something that can engage strongly in the lower back region or just below it to brace that lower back. And that brings us perfectly along to the exercise choices that we particularly choose that reinforce this weakening over time. Quite often as we get older, we tend to move away from exercises like resistance-based training that are going to stimulate the glutes effectively. And we start to get into activities like walking that are not even moving the hip in a significant manner. There, it, 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 to a certain degree, it's a bit of a misunderstanding that, that's kind of perpetuated over the years. And we wrote a little bit more about this in the article specifically. Um, and you can click a, a link in the description somewhere to, to read a bit more about that. But when we're walking, our hip is only moving through this little range of motion. It's not getting in, it's not having to move backwards, let alone if we're walking with bad posture, maybe stooped over a little bit, then it doesn't even come up to that 180 degrees. But it's moving through a very small range of motion. That's not enough to properly stimulate this, moving through that full flexion and then back into the extended position that we would get from proper resistance training. So we reinforce that weakening process. And then we get that lower back injury. And looking at the spine, a lot or the majority of lower back injuries are going to affect in some degree the L4-5 and the L5-S1 region. And these are the two regions that so heavily control, or the nerves that come out of these sections, so heavily control those glutes, then further often either giving a degree of muscular spasm, a degree of dysfunction in the muscles, or weakness, or just pain in that region. And therefore, the muscles that were already weak now aren't working as well as they otherwise should be because of the disbulge, the arthritis, whatever it may be in that region. So we can train them even less. So they can do their job of providing strength and stability to the hip and lower back region even less. And that creates that vicious cycle of we already had the weakness in our glutes long before we um, injured our lower back. But now with the injury to the lower lumbar spine, we have an additional factor that is is kind of compounding, not just the lower back injury, but the poor signaling to those glute muscles because of the injury that's happening in that region. And then the weakness themselves, which allows our lower back to become more vulnerable and more likely to be injured. So we do less, so our glutes waste away more, so we do less, and so on. This, this, this cycle goes down. And the big difficulty is, if we've had weak glutes for a long period of time, we haven't been taking care of ourselves over the years, we've been getting away with it as so many people do, we're in a bit of a difficult position when we do injure our lower back and it's gonna take us some time to start to rebuild our strength in this region and others to a sufficient manner to be able to effectively protect our lower back on a daily basis. If we don't have the power to generate and propel our body out of a chair, we're used to for the last 10 years, pushing up on the arms of the chair and tipping ourselves out of the thing, we don't have that generation there. Now all of a sudden we're compelled to do that same movement leaning forwards on our lower back and pushing out of the arms of the chair, a movement that re-emphasizes re all of the problems with our lower back. It puts pressure back on the discs. We're not able to sit nice and tall and use our strong glute muscles to power us out of the chair in a relatively upright position with less mechanical strain on the lower back because we have those weak glutes. So if there's one thing you can kind of take away from this video at this point here, we're kind of wrapping it up a little bit, is the glutes need to be stronger than they currently are. And there is absolutely no scenario that you could really, and I would encourage you guys to post in the comments if you think otherwise, there is no scenario where you 
with stronger glutes is going to be a bad thing for your overall health and well-being, for your ability to partake in all the things that you love doing on a daily basis, and for your back health and recovery. Absolutely no scenarios whatsoever. And that is really an important thing to, 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 to understand. The next thing is, well, what are you going to do? Hopefully by this point it is self-evident. The glutes are important. We need to move our hips through a full range of motion on a daily basis and we need to do that both actively, more importantly, but also passively so that our glute muscles can fully open out and close back down. And we can partake in activities as simple as going upstairs, which often, you know, as we get older, we say, oh, well, I can't go up the stairs anymore, so I'll go and get a chair, chairlift. Now the only activity that was stimulating your glutes every day has been erased, and now we use that chairlift every day, so our glutes get even weaker still. Hopefully it is obvious now that we need to do it. And the great thing about it is it's so simple and so easy to strengthen these glutes core movements and we discuss this again in the article we go through four little tips and you can click the link below to read those maybe digest them make a note of them down so you can do them in your own time the great news is many of you that are that are viewing these podcasts are part of our back and ship membership so you'll already be doing these things but in short we've got the squat movement a great movement to start to do that you're doing every day anyway you may as well learn to do it right and do it in a way that stimulates those glutes we've got other powerful movements like the hip thruster a great one We've got the hip hinge, and we've got lunges, which add that dynamic, or split squats, that adds that dynamic of left to right imbalance, so we can start to stimulate one glute at a time and have to work with balance at the same time, which is something that's also important as we age, that sense of balance, that ability to stay on our feet rather than topple over, because the risk to our life, literally, of falling increases dramatically as we reach our senior years. So being able to incorporate these exercises is vital. Saying I'm just gonna keep healthy and fit by going for walks is not sufficient. And that's a mistake that too many people fall into. Hopefully, you're not gonna be one of those people going forwards. And I know, don't beat yourself up because so many people have been told that that is sufficient. Uh, and again, I referenced that story that I mentioned in the article where you can read a little bit more about that. It's just this misunderstanding. All of us can benefit from strengthening these muscles. We can improve our quality of life and our vitality and our longevity as well. Hopefully, this has been a podcast that's got you thinking about this area of the body. It's so easy, we use it every single day. Let's use it properly though, rather than just use it as a cushion going forwards. If you have found this video helpful, then please do remember you can always subscribe to the podcast or to the YouTube channel if you're watching on there. Again, that comment section is there to help you guys. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode of the Back and Shape podcast.